You're listening to the Rogers Waterfowl Podcast. This is A.A. Ron Jones. Chandler Smith here. Let's talk some waterfowl. I grew up hunting uh, with my dad, and, you know, of course, that was, I was born in, in uh, 70, so I'm a little bit older now. Uh, Got to realize that. But, you know, when we style, our style of hunting was uh, you either had your, your permanent blinds uh, at a club where we started, or we had some uh, property that we were able to put a permanent style type blind up which we used your cattle panels and fence posts. And, and you built the blind. Back then, we, we built the blind, and, and we hunted that spot. You know, there wasn't as much uh, portability. You know, you weren't able to move a lot. And you really didn't need to. Uh, back then, if like I tell everybody all the time, I said, if we, if we got a group of 20, 30, 60, 100 Canadians lock, and you saw them lock, you were going to shoot those birds. I mean, it was a total different time. Those birds came in, and they usually did it, I mean, right, you know. Um, and a lot of times, we got, a lot of times you could call them right back if somebody didn't, you know, get their birds. And, and you'd get some of those same birds that you just shot into to finish, you know. So it was a little different and, than nowadays. And, and what we saw throughout the the years is, as it has evolved and, and gotten so much more popular. There's a lot more waterfowlers. Um, and I think part of that was when the, the quail population and upland bird population started kind of falling down a little bit. I know I talked to a lot of guys that came in and started waterfowl hunting because they got tired of walking for eight hours and seeing, not even seeing a covey of quail. So, <clears throat> you know, we were going from that style of hunting to needing to be more versatile in hunting different locations you know scouting really became more of a must uh the uh the more pressure the birds got you know they changed their pattern um and so waterfowls turned into a a deal where you're hunting one field one day and another field 10 miles away or five miles away the next you know, and uh, which was something that we needed to evolve to uh, be able to hide good that way. Uh, you know, and then you, you uh, had the goose chair. You know, we evolved into the goose chair. Uh, we utilized that. We have some super mags, you guys know, um, and we used to hide underneath those, you know. Uh, and we thought, man, that was a cat's meow. You know, we got birds landing at our feet. You know, that was really good, you know. And then they come out with the with the layout line, you know, which in the beginning was great, you know, because the birds hadn't seen it yet. So you you didn't even really have to put much cover in it, to be honest with you, at the beginning. I mean, you could just set it up. And the common rule was uh, the more blinds you had, the more decoys, you know. When I started hunting, three to five dozen was a big spread. That was a big spread of decoys, you know. Uh, nowadays... That's like minute, you know, it's, it's small. So, so we went to the layout blinds and then you saw the birds starting to get more and more accustomed to seeing that, you know, and it's, it's, uh, what we realized to us, what we felt like was the birds don't know what brand 
they don't know what brand decoys are out there. They don't know what brand blind and all that stuff, but they, the shapes. And we felt like the shape is what the bird started recognizing and they would lift on us, you know. So <clears throat> we wanted something that we could take some of the old, but we needed to be able to be versatile with it. You know, we still use that around your certain ponds that you always hunted. You know, so we would go in and take cattle panels and, you know, wood and, and build a, a nice, you know, permanent style blind. So we were like, why can't we, somehow we need to be able to take this, because we, I, the older I get, the more I appreciate getting to sit and, and stand and shoot versus the laying down and not doing sit-ups in the morning, you know. <laughs> so uh, we needed a, we were trying to combine, you know, have the versatility that you have with the layout blinds, being able to move and set up, and but yet have that comfortableness and uh, um, being able to get rid of a, a hard shape was one of our big focuses. So, you know, and that's how this uh, come about. You know, when Missouri's one of the best, I feel, as far as public hunting opportunity. Um, you know, when I first started, nobody wanted to do the walk-in. You know, if you go up to Fountain Grove, I remember having days and being totally excited because I had 7,000 ducks. We were going to smack them because Bob Brown was kind of in the new, and I don't, Grand Pass wasn't even there yet. So the walk-in style hunting wasn't as popular. You know, Fountain Grove had like eight or ten spots that were walk-in, and then they had you know, 30 pits, you know, blinds, and those all went first. So we could even draw terrible and get to hunt a walk-in spot, you know, and the, the advantage that it showed you was the advantage of not having to shoot those birds out of the same spot every day. It didn't matter when you had flat birds. Everybody knows, you know, flat birds, those, it's it's just thank all you can say is thank you because it's gonna be a good day, you know when the, when they show up, but when those birds have been there for two three days a week, you know you haven't had any more fronts to push new birds in, and get rid of those. That's when you really start realizing, you know those blinds. You look on the chart and man, they're, smack them, you know on Tuesday, Wednesday they did okay, Thursday they didn't do worth the darn, you know. And then it just kept on going. And then next thing you know, you could see another front day. Boom, numbers are up, you know. Or we we started to notice that even if it was, <clears throat> it was still related to the front, but what we noticed was days that we took the walk-ins and it snowed. We were out there, you know, getting getting wet because, you know, you're out there in the elements. But the guys in the blinds. Even though there really wasn't a big new push, push of birds, whacked them. And we're like, why? Why did that happen? And you think about it, it's because those blinds didn't look the same. They didn't look like they looked every day. The snow hid those blinds. It made them give a different look. So one thing we started doing before we come out with our product was we would, even though we were mainly there to shoot ducks, we would take our super mags and what full bodies we had, and we would literally cover the mount in goose decoys just to try to make it look different 
than what they see every day. Yep. And it works. You know, it, it worked. And so, you know, all that that we took in our head and we're sitting here looking. And, and like I said, Missouri's got some of the best. And the reason a lot of this you're seeing with the walk-in, how, how it's so successful, is because you got to be out of there at 1 o'clock. You know, so you go in that morning and you got to be out. <clears throat> and I know these birds, we say they got a small little pea-sized brain. But you want to see how smart they are? Just wait till you get some birds that have been around for a week or two. And you stand there in one of those places at 12.30 and look up in the sky. And then you stand there at 12.50 and look in the sky. And then stand there at 1.05 and look in the sky. And you're going to see the difference. I mean, it is crazy how those birds will just start flooding and dumping into those areas. You know, after that one o'clock closure on the shooting time. Yeah. So, you know, it's just, we took the concept of trying to be portable. We had all that, making it look different, not wanting to be the same. You know, um, my whole thing was when I can drive down a road or drive through that place and I can say, yep, there's a blind, there's a blind, there's a blind, you know, how, how can I be different? You know, whether it's a boat blind, you know, whatever. How can I be different? How can I make that pit blind even look different? Plus, the the fact of, uh, you know, I like shooting. You guys have hunted with a, We like shooting birds in close. You know, some guys with the chokes and stuff, I understand they like to shoot them out a little farther. But I like to get them as close as I can get them, you know. So if you've ever hunted out of a permanent blind with flaps and you got to throw those flaps, you know, those birds are backpedaling. You know, they're getting out of there. You know, windy days, that, that makes it rough because they can gain some yardage before you get that gun up. So we wanted to kind of figure a way to fix that too, you know. Um, everybody's been, I know almost everybody can think of a time sitting in a layout blind and the birds are just, even when they were awesome, the birds were coming in and somebody turned, situated themselves, <laughs> flaps went open, you guys will stand up and, you know, sit up and start shooting because those birds are going to start lifting, you know. So how could we not have that? So uh, that's kind of how we came up with, with the, the fast strike blind system. Uh, you know, we, we got the panels and we wanted to try to make it as, as small but durable and user-friendly as possible. So one of the key factors is the bungee. If you've ever stubbed in a blind with straps, you, you understand what I'm saying because you got to have just the right amount. You know, it's either too much or, or not enough, you know. Uh, one thing you do is you use zip ties. You know, you can use zip ties to try to help secure that stuff. So that's where the bungees come in play, uh, being able to uh, just easily insert cover, you know. Um, it holds it in there. Um, so you can have little or a lot of cover and we'll get back to that point right there because that is something that's important um <clears throat> and then we wanted to not give the natural cover a unnatural appearance you know when when you think about when we would build those blinds out of cattle panels and all that stuff we would attach with zip ties attach that cover to it well you, we look back and and i don't know anybody that doesn't build a duck blind square 
you know, everybody's got, you know, we got our levels out there and, and you know, that's just what you do. I mean, that's the way you build stuff. So even though we were using a lot of natural cover, it was still, you still had this, this look, this hard edge, you know, that we call. So how could we get rid of that? And that's the important part of just securing that, that natural cover in one spot, you know, a small spot, and then letting it look more natural, you know, the taller above and everything. So that's why we come up with that part of it, you know, that right there. Um, and then the fact that, that, uh, we can, we can utilize this, um, in so many different areas. Um, you know, we got, you buy one blind for this, you buy one blind for that, you buy one blind for that. So we wanted something that's very user-friendly that, that, uh, if somebody's got their favorite pit blind, whatever it be, favorite style blind, you can actually use our product. To help hide those blinds, you know, uh, when you hunt the boat blinds, you know, you, you go pushing in the, uh, the boat into the weeds to tuck it back in a little bit and you just knock down all this cover. And that is one of the beautiful things that helps us show a lot of people that don't think about that stuff from the air as those drones. It's really opened your eyes up on what is seen from above not just on the ground. Oh, 100%. I know last year when we hunted a few times with you, we did some of those drone shots, and yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a game changer when it comes to trying to get a literal bird's eye view of what they can and can't see coming in. So um, before we get too much further, um, all our listeners out there, we're talking with Scott Hand today. He is with Fast Strike Blinds. Um, anybody who's been on our website, I'm sure they've seen him. We've had him up there. Um, we've done some social media posts. We've done some YouTube videos. Chandler, I know you've hunted out of them for years. Mm -hmm. For for two or three, f four years now. I mean, yeah. I forgot about kind of the Oyo days. Uh, yeah. Back on the TV show, uh, that was a while back. But uh, that's how I met Scott, and through the years, uh, we really we've, working at Rogers and stuff, we got involved and this is uh, what he's talking about for customers. I want you guys to kind of get a vision before we go further because we're going to refer back to this. But uh, now a fast strike blind is a two panel blind, um, four feet on each panel. Right, Scott? How tall yeah. is it? Is it's well, six, eight one, inches Yeah, tall? one side, uh, one side is, is flat and you're looking at five and a half and then the other side is at an angle. angle yeah. yeah. So, so there's a little more coverage there. It's yeah. about seven. And these aren't like inches. a material panel blind. When no, he says panel, it's, it's a, what, like a it's plastic, plastic, yes. plastic yeah. arm yeah. with bungees yeah. on it. So yeah. heavy duty plastic, four foot. And then there's bungees run through there. Really, really, really tight bungees. And then there's stakes. Mm-hmm. And this it swivels on that. There's two, like I said, there's two four foot sections, and and when you buy them, they're connected in the middle with the bolts. You can undo the bolt and use them as two separate panels, but they they rotate in, so they're only four foot when you got them packed up, and then they spread out to be about eight foot eight foot wide. You can run them flatter at forty five degree angles. There's a lot to do uh, with these blinds, and there's we'll go in here in a bit on all the versatility of what you can do with different panels in different areas and. Different, uh, different species styles, of yeah. animals you can hunt with it. I mean, we're namely going to direct this towards waterfowl, but I know, Scott, you've chased turkey and deer and everything out of these. But, yeah, today's— but the, Yeah, the yeah. purpose of this blind is, I mean, you got to use natural cover with it. And 
that's the best part about it, I think, and that sometimes it might be it's a little bit more work. Right. A little bit. Um, it's really not that bad when you get it figured out, but it's the best-looking blind that you could ever get. It's the confidence booster you need to when you go – when you set that up and you sit in there, you know there's no way a duck's going to pick you out because you look like, you know, just um, – uncut grass sticking up there in the marsh or in the field you know they missed a spot the mower missed a spot here's a clump of grass because that's what you look like because that's what you've built um and the, with these panels that's a that's a great point and that's what we try to tell everybody is because we don't realize how much we think in a box you know we think we got to be you know for years it's just as flat as the ground like become the ground the surface and stuff and you know you're driving down the road just look at fields you know, and you see that uh, drain pipe out there that's got a post. The farmer didn't mow around. Uh, you know, there might be, a, a, it was wet that year in that spot, um, old fencing. You know, that's what you're trying to, to to look like. You know, and to the birds, it's, you know, that they see that a lot more than you think. You know, but we tend to think that since we're up tall, we stick out. You know, and it's, it's, you got to get out of that. I mean, I even was guilty of that. Uh, you know, for for our first couple of years, we we pretty much hunted field edges and and stuff. You know, we just stayed around fence rows and field edges and that. And and I got to give credit. Um, one of the first outfitters we ever that bought our product uh, from uh, Saskatchewan up in, in Canada, uh, Fred Lackey, and he he's like, I'm sitting out in lentil fields, and I'm like, a lentil field. <laughs> You know, I hadn't been to Canada yet. And he's like, yeah, well, I'll just tell you, a lentil field, if you, you know, bean fields around here, they got cover compared to a lentil field because it's basically dirt. And he says, I'm sitting right out in the middle of them things. I said, what? Are you kidding? And so we go up there, and he wasn't kidding. He was using, they call bulrush weed, you know, it's cattails. And we sat up in the middle of this field, and it was it was 45 on our winds that day, and I'm looking at Josh, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. We stick out like a sore thumb. Literally, like, setting up your yeah. blinds in the middle of a parking yeah. lot. Yeah, just, 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 I mean, we're kicking dirt. It was not hard to see where the birds stopped feeding because literally it was just dirt, and then you could see where the seed. It just literally it was crazy. And I'm thinking, this is, there's no way this is going to work. And we didn't shoot good. You know, it was our first day there. We didn't shoot good. And we had 50 birds by like 8 o'clock, you know. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> and, and I know it's Canada, and I understand that. But, but still, I'm like, wow, how much, you know. Here I thought I was really thinking out of the box. And I, I, I was still in my overall yeah. box. Yeah, hadn't even you know scratched I mean? the yeah, surface. Yeah, still using it. your tree rows or yeah, fence rows. Yeah, or... because I was thinking if I can see it, you know. But the funny thing is, is. Because I would even test my son, Patrick, you know. Uh, we had uh, some buddies that, that bought some, and they were using them deer hunt. And and so he had drove, drove by this place that we hunted for ever since he was old enough to go, you know. And I said, what do you think about that? He goes, yeah, I don't know, evergreen, yeah. I said, how many years have we been driving by this? I said, how many, do you ever remember an evergreen tree right out there in the middle of 150 yards off the highway in the middle of that field? No. I said, well, that's Tim's blind. He goes, I didn't even think about it. But he just, he glanced at it. He just thought it was an evergreen and didn't even think the fact that it wasn't, it had never been there. 
you know, and he had taken evergreen bushes and was, it was right before rifle season, you know, and so he set him up a deer blind, you know, and you put that stuff together. And it's like, yeah, you see it, but it looks like a real evergreen tree. So you don't think twice about it, you know, and so you just got to keep, you, you got to really watch yourself because you can find yourself, you know, thinking a little too hard into it. Yeah. So I bet, I mean, I feel like for me, I'll just let, I think concealment is very, very important. That's what we're going to go into here shortly. I bet, Scott, you're, if you, if you were to take the spot out of it, if you were going to rank some things, if you're going to take the spot, you have, it's the spots, you can't rank that as the number one thing when you're going out there. What's the most important? It, it, What's the most important after the spot? It's concealment. It is. Hiding, yeah. Yep, it's yeah. hiding. It, it's definitely. And then it comes your decoys and your calls. Yeah. yeah. And, and, your shells and all that. Because you know, I'm not that. the best caller, but I can I can still kill birds. Yeah. So I know it's not calling. Right. And I don't have the biggest decoy spread, and I know I can still go out and kill birds by myself because I've done it. Yeah. So I yeah, it, process of elimination, just me hunting by myself. You know, I'm yeah. just an average Joe. I'm not any better. I'm probably I know there's tons of people that can call better than me, shoot better than me, and everything. So, I mean, just well, personal see, experience. Concealment yeah. is the most important to me, and I feel like other hunters that's the last thing on their list. Right. Yeah, and you know it's and you think about it, uh, you know the, the old saying. I always go back to it. You know, ninety percent of fishing lures are made to catch fish, and men not fish. You know that old saying. Well, you're looking at grass. How exciting is that? <laughs> I mean, you want to call everybody and say, "Hey, look at this new grass that I got." No, it's. I mean, look at the decoys we have nowadays. Now, having having said grass is exciting. I don't know how many freaking times <laughs> people have asked me about fast strike blinds and where that grass comes from and where they can buy that grass. I have seen more excitement about grass because of what you grass your blinds oh, in with. So that stuff is great. Yeah. Yes. And yes. What, what what type of grass is that? Let's get that out there before. <laughs> that is prairie cord grass. Prairie cord grass. So that's, anybody that's that has seen is. these fast strikes, yeah. I don't know how many questions I've answered on social media, yeah. how many questions at Waterfowl Weekend. Where do you get this grass? Can I buy this grass? Do you sell this grass? Does I wish. Fast Strike sell this grass? I'm like, oh my gosh. So grass yeah. can be exciting. It has built excitement. Yeah, there is some excitement to it, uh, I guess. But those are the guys so. that already get it. Yeah, yes. right. That, that's and that's it. Those are, yeah, those are the guys that are already already getting it. Uh, you know, and, and, and you can, that stuff is not easy. Uh, it's, it's like $100 a pound for the seed. And it has to be worked. I mean, it has to be like tilled up. It's not just a broadcast type of a scenario. It needs to be a low, moist soil. That's why it's in so many ditches, you know. And I'm just blessed with having a couple of farmers that that got some ditches that are that are full, you know. But like I tell everybody, you can drive down the side of the road, and when you learn what it looks like, it stands out. And Chandler can attest to that because there is the there is the grass out there that we don't we don't like to use now the guys down south you know like i tell people it's that johnson grass you know and if it's already in the area and it's low you know i mean you're if you're sitting in the middle of a bunch of johnson grass then it's obviously not going to hurt to use the johnson grass it's nowhere near as durable uh you know that prairie court grass we've got grass and blinds that we're hunting with we three years you know we used to empty it all out the first several years and, and recut and, and stuff it all in there. And I'm like, why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. It's still good, you know. And uh, we were doing it mainly just to show the aspect, uh, like at the Waterfowl Weekend, you know, early season, 
everything's still green, you know, and you can use that green grass. And then it will dry out and be brown come when everything else does. And that goes to another aspect of it with the, the ability that we found with the natural cover is we've actually taken that old dead grass that's two years old and set it up bright green around us like teal season. Birds don't pay any attention to it. And, and, it, and even the deer, you know, uh, if you had evergreen or oak, you know, the oak branches, those are great to use. If you cut them before like the first frost, those, those leaves will stay on there. Um, and, you know, those are good to use for your duck blinds and, and goose blinds. You know, there's nothing wrong with looking like a pile of, of small oak trees growing in the middle of a field. You know, they don't understand why the farmer didn't brush hog that spot down. You know, and, and, and we had an outfitter uh, down in Texas that there were some guys that went down there and, and they were setting up on a, they call them tank ponds. You know, it's a pond to us. It's a cattle pond. And the guys had some fast strikes and they had them in evergreens. Uh, and he's like, you can't use those. He says, there's not evergreen bush in this, this county. He said, that won't work. And he goes, oh, yeah, it'll work. Just watch. And they set up right off that. And it's, it's cattle pond, so it's mowed grass. I mean, it's, it's short. And that, that outfitter called the next day and, and already goes, those birds don't know that the evergreens don't grow in that county. But you don't think like that, you know. You, you know, it's just the fact that's a advantage of natural cover. And I think that's another thing too. Like you said, we're really limited in our thinking and limited to our box. We're thinking, okay, there's no evergreens in this county. Well, that bird's migrated how many hundreds of miles? <laughs> exactly. I'm sure it has seen an evergreen. I'm sure it has seen an oak. It has seen a lot. Yeah. You know, going north to south, south to north, whatever. So. Again, that's that's one of those things that as you were talking about it, yeah, it makes perfect sense. So think of it this way, too. When you're hunting an area, think of it. Think of what the competition is doing, you know, what, what the birds are seeing a lot. And use something different. Because when I go back to, you know, birds don't know brand names and all that stuff. They look at shapes, sizes, you know, and that. Um, so... Think about that. And if, if everybody's using, um, even like the prairie cordgrass a lot, you know, if that's all that's being used and stuff, we'll take and We're not afraid. We'll throw oak limbs in with it, you know, to give an extra, make it look different mm -hmm. than everything else. And I know, you know we've thrown cattails in with it too to add a little green depending on time of year. Yeah. Right. And it's just, it's about looking different than everything that, that, that they've been shot at. You know, and like I said, when you're shooting migrators, it, it, then that stuff isn't as important, yeah. you know. It's when those birds are in that area and, uh, you know, they, they've been, they're what we call stale. Mm -hmm. You know, they've been around. Yeah, so um, these blinds, uh, you could do a lot with them. Very As far as, not necessarily you can buy one of them, but you can buy two or three and you could really start having some fun. Um you know, my favorite, I'll just say my favorite thing about these blinds is they, the first thing I want to establish, the first blind I set up is whatever's going to cover my, the hole or my head or from straight above. Um, I really think that's important because I've seen other style blinds from an aerial view and this black hole uh, really stands out. And sometimes even with fast strikes, if you don't, you know, you got a bunch of mud that you've kicked around inside the blind. If you don't get head cover, it's going to do the same thing if you just put one in front and one behind you. I've, I focus on 
before, before even trying to hide the back, I'd focus on what's on, what's above me, and I, that's and that's something that we that fast strikes can do with a, you know a little bit of help of a, they make a forty five degree adapter, which basically you you now you can you can buy rebar or you can use different you know aspects to get it up you know three feet four feet off the ground uh, it's probably a little high but you know two and a half to three feet and then you can hit that 45 and then this grass is going to go drape over top of you when you're in a sitting position and you're not no waterfowl from aerial view is going to be able to see through that over top of you and you can move around you can have kids in there moving around and by the time they get low enough even if you didn't put anything around that blind by the time they get low enough you know they're you know they're almost probably in shooting distance by that time unless they're swinging swinging real wide but that's what i think is really exciting about this blind as far as the head cover right and that's a couple of points because we hadn't mentioned the 45s yet uh but you know that's one of the areas too where the bungee comes in play because what we found is a lot of those times when you know those birds they seem to circle the decoys a lot more than they used to you know back in the day when i told you those birds locked i never we never had canadians circle now it almost seems like the canadians are worse than ducks used to be you know ducks were notorious for circling and circling and circling before they'd finish you know uh now the geese are doing that you know with with more pressure and stuff i mean that's what i feel uh has a lot to play into that but what it allows us to do with that bungee is now we can take that roof and we can part and come up through that bungee and shoot those shots that are right there behind us that we used to not do in the past you know and then slide it right back close i mean that's the nice thing of the bungee you can slide it left and right uh, a lot of the guys using them around your your permanent style blinds you know it, it i know outfitters you know not everybody's the same height you know so once you when you've ever grasped a permanent blind and sit there and bungee to all that stuff. The worst thing you want to see is somebody come in and start ripping and tearing because they're going to make a spot for them to shoot, you know, and that's, and that's fine. They need to do that, you know? Um, so now with a bungee, you can slide, adjust simple and the grass doesn't get tore up as much, you know, but those 45 roof adapters, I mean, that too was part of the leg design. One reason we did not come out with a telescopic leg, that uh, was just for that was we felt that it limited the use of the blind. So it has holes on each end, and it's set up to where if you do, like Chandler talked about, that the hinge in the center, you take that bolt out and you use them individually. Then you obviously need a leg on each end, uh, and, and there's holes there to accommodate that. So anything 5.8 or smaller fits up into the hole. The reason we did that was everybody's had to get replacement parts. You know, and, and hunting season's only a certain time. And some people only have so many weekends, you know. And so we don't want to wait. Mail's a lot better nowadays. You can express stuff, you know. But, you know, it's still the, the, the part of having to get a replacement part. We wanted this thing to where you, if you needed to, you could trim a tree branch. And still use it as a leg. Yeah. I've done that before. (laughs) So, I mean, we wanted, you know, you go to Canada or you're going somewhere, you ain't going to have time to get a leg there before you, you know, this is your lifetime hunt, one in a lifetime deal, you know. So we wanted it very user-friendly. Plus, it opened the door to where we can use like the 45 roof adapter, you know, and things that we're working on now that, that keeps on coming along with that, you know, you can incorporate it with the very first blind that was built, 
you know, so that's one reason we didn't use, you know, some places, the mud difference, you know, um, you may want a four foot leg versus a three foot, you know, it comes with a two foot leg is what standard fiberglass leg that comes with it. Uh, and, and three, of them, three in, of them, yeah, three yeah. of them in, in, in the, the two arm blind package, which is four foot, like Chandler said, and opens up to eight, uh, but you have the ability to, you know, some of the guys, they love the fact of using dowel rods, uh, you know, for this walk-in areas. They like it because if they drop them, it floats. You know, they don't lose their leg. Plus, it's lighter for packing it way back in there, you know. Uh, the guy that has the spot that he's going to leave it all year, you can drive some rebar down in the ground, you know, and leave it. And you, you don't have to worry about it, you know. So, um, that's the, the, you know, that's some of the advantages where at first, you know, you kind of look at it as a disadvantage. It's, it's actually an advantage. The more that you use it, the more you realize, eh, that's kind of nice. Mm-hmm. So. One, one thing hunting with you that I, I had never thought about, um, that you really opened my eyes to is, um, the advantages of that bungee system. One is when you find some vegetation that you think you're going to use more than once, get small handfuls, zip tie those, then throw those zip ties in the bungee. And two, um, those bungees, the flexibility on the end of those panels to really angle that glass, or I mean, angle the grass to close in those sides or close in that top. It's just, you can take a blind out and you can make it look different every single time, but you can reuse that vegetation. But I think too is we're, we're used to, like you said, everything's a box, everything's square. Well, even if you set a panel up front and in back and you've got a rectangle, you can take that grass and angle it and those bungees allow it to flex around the corners or angle or, I mean, you can Im- completely eliminate any dark shadow spots, holes. Right. You know, and that's, you know, you can, you can angle the grass going in so you can actually we call cheating it you can actually make it longer than than it actually is you know and and that's the you know everybody's got their group of guys to hunt with them if it's like us you know and it's funny how hey we're gonna go try this spot or we're gonna go here all right you know so there's like two or three of you maybe the first day and then you whack them and guess what everybody gets off the next day everybody's like oh i can go i can go we made this to where now all you got to do is grab a couple more blinds and you just add to it, you know, and you just keep getting bigger and bigger. You know, we can accommodate. That's what's nice about it. We've, we've had snow goose hunts where we've got 13, 14 guys, you know. So it's that aspect, of, and it's simple to do. It's not a whole big process, you know, and actually it looks better, you know, and, and the, sometimes the more that you, the, the, the bigger you are, you know, the better it looks more natural. You know, like that ditch that's not mowed, you know, versus that little small section. So, uh, you know, we wanted to be something that was cost effective that you could use, um, you know, and and we'll get into the depth, how much depth with your cover, how it plays a big part in it. Uh, You know, you touched on the fact of, you know, shadows and stuff. Uh, You know, I know that with cloudy weather, the birds tend to fly and usually that's because there's a front coming through so usually you got to push a birds but some of the easiest decoying is with that sun out when that sun's out you got shadows you know and it's easier to hide you know with that with those shadows and stuff um so you know it and it helps you i mean if if you with our camel you know you look at our camel clothes and they're really good looking 
up front when you're standing here close. But the farther you get away from them, it, all those patterns kind of tend to sometimes run together. It's you know, a as, Yeah, it's darker, you know. Um, so when you have that sun and it creates those shadows, it's a lot easier to hide those blobs. You know, they look more natural than when it's cloudy, you know. And that's why some of the most important, if, if you're going to get by without the 45, sunnier days are easier because there's shadows everywhere. But that 45 on those cloudy days, boy, it does, it helps hide you really good. I mean, it takes, because everything's the same color. You know, we drove that drone. When you flew that drone over there, you know, we did it without the 45s. And you could literally see Josh looking up. You can see his face. Just clean his neck. You can see the hole right down yeah, the side of the you can see it. And you can see, you could tell who was looking up at you and who wasn't. And that's with our eyes and a camera, you know, through a camera. You know, that's not their eyes. So... Absolutely. But yeah, it's just, it's crazy. And I think one thing that too, that people don't think about that they're like, well, it's just a piece of plastic that you put grass in. How can it really hide you? Well, I don't think it's so much that it, it really hides you as much as it eliminates hard edges, hard lines um, with a traditional blind, or even like if you're a deer, a turkey hunter, a ground blind, a pop-up blind, a, a panel blind, any type of blind like that, there's a hard edge, there's a hard line. And yes, you can put grass on it but at some point there's still a hard line there's something that still blocks light if something's on the ground at your level trying to look through something yeah. um and this it doesn't there's it eliminates hard and, edges hard and lines. i think you know i think that everybody's starting to catch on to that aspect i know for us we see while we're a small part of the industry you know um we're not you know tremendously huge huge um but you see a change if you see how everybody grass their layout blinds, uh, other style blinds and stuff like that, you're seeing a change. And that's good. You know, this whole thing is so that everybody can can have more fun, uh, you know, and, and enjoy their time out and shoot birds. Because the closer you get birds, the less birds it's going to take. And the less birds, you know, when you have 10 birds come in and 10 of them drop, you didn't educate any. You know, that's awesome. You know, when you got 20 birds come in, and they're not finishing real good, and you got five guys banging at them, and one bird drops. <laughs> you just educated quite a few birds. You're not referencing when I was with you last year, <laughs> are you? <'Cause laughs> no, <I> mean... <laughs> no. But I'm just saying, you got to think about you know you think about that aspect, and and if you look how everybody does it now, because even I used to when I grassed the layout line, man, I went in through, you know, all the way because I wanted it flat, you know, nothing sticking up, you know. And now guys are starting to 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 kind of get away from that, and it helps hide it better because it's that outline because truth be known if it wasn't our outline why couldn't we just walk out in the field and sit there mm-hmm. you know i mean look at the camo that we got the fabric yeah. you know and it's that outline and we've tested that we've even had posts where people were like man i'd put a lot more cover in that than than what you guys did i'd have, I'd have grass it up when people don't realize that's one of the things that that we like about ours is when you see that stump out there that's got just a little bit of weeds growing. How natural is that? And you can mimic that now. You can be that stump and then having just a few weeds because all we really got to do is break up, start breaking up that outline. And that's what we need to get rid of. So sometimes we've had where when you got a lot of pressure birds and everybody grasses everything in so thick and it's solid. You know, we've actually seen where you put less in and it goes a lot longer, a lot farther. It actually works better. 
you know. So now you can't get away with as much movement, you know. But the, you want to shoot birds or, you, you know, hold still just for that time, mm-hmm. you know. So, and even in our pictures, what we found is when you're standing 10 feet from the blind and it's grassed minimal, not very much, but then you go 100 yards, it looks a lot thicker grassed than it really is. And we've, we noticed that when we're, you know, we'd be driving down the road back in the day looking for grass, like, oh, look at that patch. It's just loaded full. You know, it's thick. You go get permission, and you get up to it, and it's like, oh, it's thin as all get out. You know, there's nowhere near the grass that it looked like from a distance, you know. And so you start, it's all those little things, you know, that you're, you, you know, you're, you're picking up, you know, and then you try to incorporate that stuff into your blind. Yep. Waterfowl is what this is designed for. I know you've got experience doing other types of hunting out of it. Let's briefly just touch on that just ever so slightly because I don't want people to think, well, I got this blind. I can only use it for waterfowl hunting. It can be used for all sorts of stuff. I mean, you've... Yeah. Turkey hunting, mm-hmm. um, that's a blast. And Scott probably done it more than I have, but I've been out in Kansas in the middle of a cow field and literally it had a basically two or three fast strikes surrounding me and another guy and we we're filming and we had turkeys all around us and they didn't even care i mean they're almost stepping inside of it with us i mean and we were in the middle of a, you know a pasture um you know and we were at cedars like you're saying that's a great thing to do for i think for deer and turkey and i mean you know don't don't put it out for uh don't think uh cross it off for waterfowl but we were in a cedar blind and turkeys are all over they didn't care and I was moving around too because I was filming. Didn't have any, didn't care in the world. But uh, yeah, what you you like to do? You like to drop, uh, cut it up into four foot sections or unbolt it and yeah. run like that. Cause it's a little more running gun. I love the uh, yeah, I love the running gun style. You know, uh, uh, it's just it, it. Now that Patrick's out of that age, you know, when when the kids the tent blinds are great for when the kids are young. You know, and and they're in there and. Yeah, you want to just pop it up and send. And turkeys aren't as bad as like your deer. You know, they they don't they don't need to get used. They're pretty good. Uh, they'll just come right into to a lot of the stuff. But nothing like that running and gunning. You know, and so I'll take uh, the bolt out and use a four foot section. So it's a lot lighter. I just keep a little bit of grass in it, just enough to break the outline. I've used it out in the middle of fields. You know, uh, obviously the more open it is, the less movement you get away with. You mm-hmm. know. Um, you wait till that Tom gets in there and focuses on the decoys, you know, and then you can get away with a little bit more movement, but you got the sound, everything's You know, there's nothing blocking any of it. And it's, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a blast and, you know, and I've had it to where I've been just going along and all of a sudden, you know, one pop up on you, you know, you see that head and you just immediately sit down and stick that up, whether it's behind you or in front of you and it blocks up your outline. And it really makes a big difference. And that's, you know, I had that happen once. And, and it was with the hen, and the tom was behind her. Uh, but I literally set it down behind me. And that's where it showed me. And it, I didn't have time to get it in front because it was a terrace field. And that head popped up, and then it was down. I knew it was coming right back up, you know. So I didn't have much time at all. And I sat down, and she literally walked up and walked right by me. And I just had this, this grass breaking my image up on the backside of me. You know, it's like sitting up against a tree. Mm-hmm. You know, as when you think about it, you know, that's what it may. I thought about that afterwards, you know, because usually I set it up in front. 
But it did the same thing as setting up on a tree. You know, turkey hunting, you always, not only for safety, but you like to pick a tree out if you can. It's bigger than your, your outline. Your, yeah, yeah, right. So, and she walked right on by like I wasn't even, I was just nothing, you know. And then he came and, and boom, got got it done. So, but, you know, I will say that the deer hunting out in Kansas was, uh, this was a great tool. You know, and that's what this is, is it's a tool. We look at it, it we call it a blind, but it's a great tool. And uh, if you, you know, there's not a lot of trees out there. Mm-mm. And I'll be honest with you, some of them big old CRP fields and stuff, that's where the big boys are. Yeah, 100%. And, uh, so I will stand behind, you know, if I had a deer um, and I needed to get on him and set up this day, you know, and I'm not big on heights anyway, so I like hunting from the ground. But uh, this blind, we have we have set up in so many places, and it has proven itself tremendously i mean it is unreal how close actually we've had deer get too close true or false you've had them stick their nose in the blind yes yes i actually it was <laughs> we had a we had a guy send in and and he stuck the deer stuck his her nose in through his shooting hole you know uh one of the first ones we had was we used bean stubble uh so i wanted to test it and set it out in the field because deer know i wanted to set it out in a field where there was nothing just to see how they would react. And I was hunting with my son, who was uh, 11 at the time. And so most of the time when deer see something new, what do they do? They downwind it, right? If they want to figure it out, it's, it's, they downwind it. So I set it up to where we were 20 yards out. So I thought, well, we'll use the edge of the field as a barrier. Hopefully they won't go into it. You know, they'll, they'll naturally like push to it like a fence, but stay on the outside of it. And they'll go to downwind us. And... They'll be within 20 yards. He can get a shot before before they wind us. You know, we're going to set it up. I got this all figured out. You know, I've, I've mapped it out. We set it up, and I'm still setting camera stuff up. Patrick's like, that deer, deer. And I look over, and here's these three deer, and they're, these does, and they're running up to us. I mean, they're literally trotting. I'm like, oh, my gosh. And so he's knocking an arrow, and I'm getting the cameras going, and, and – uh, they come right up and, and stop. And, I mean, they didn't look at us, but like 10 to 20 seconds. And they walk up on the top above us. You know, so they're not trying to downwind us. And I'm like, we're not set up for that. You guys are on the wrong. They didn't follow the script, you know. So he's like, what do I do? I said, well, just stand up, turn around, and pick. So I scan around with the camera. And i am got the camera on the one that's right here at 10 steps, you know. And, and he shoots and hits the other one. Uh, so I saw the arrow as sticking out of the deer as it went into the woods, you know, but I wasn't a hundred percent sure. And, and, uh, you know, he's not shooting real strong poundage. So I said, let's just walk out. We'll just leave it and, and we'll uh, come back in the morning. So we come back in the morning, we're sitting out there and there's three deer standing out there all around the blind. I mean, all around it. And there was a little bit of fog and I'm trying to get this camera zoomed in and it's wanting to. This is in the beginning of the days, you know, so, I, you know, camera stuff, I wasn't technical. I don't know what I know now and trying to switch it to manual focus because it was zooming in. It was focusing on the fog when you zoomed in. But this doe was literally standing there pulling on the bean stubble that was in the blind, pulling. And, 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 and now if I could have got that on film, I would have loved it, you know, but there was tracks all around. it, And so we found that, that, uh, out in Kansas numerous of times, the does, that for, you know, the first ones usually are the does. And you don't want to hear her blow because she figured you out. And uh, we've, we've tested it. 
And we've had them anywhere from 40 to, to 60 seconds to a minute and a half about tops. And it's like you can read their mind like, I know that bush wasn't there. But it's a bush. And then they just walk on out and start feeding. So, you know, the closest thing I could relate to it, it's like hunting out of a, a climber. If you've ever hunted out of a climber, it's kind of the same aspect. You know, everybody in the deer world, you know, the less you hunt a spot, the better. Mm-hmm. You know, each time in there, you're letting that deer know. You know you're letting that deer know. Uh, where a climber's kind of that way where you, you may be in this tree tonight, but tomorrow night you may hunt 10 trees over, depending on the wind. You know, you're not going to that exact same tree, exact same spot. And that's one of the abilities that you can do with this, you know. And even though it's there, they look at it as just a natural part of it. So they don't realize it's there. It doesn't, it's, it doesn't stick out to them. So, so yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, <clears throat> that's the thing about it is we made it to where, uh, you know, it's durable. And the fact that you can utilize it around so many other blinds. You know, we had a lot of guys at, at Rogers Waterfowl Weekend coming up to us. And a lot of guys, there was guys buying them because they were hiding A-frames and hiding other, you know, they were using them to, to work with those. And that's what it's for. You know, it's, you know, it's all about trying to achieve that goal. Get those birds in there and, and, and kill them, you know. Uh, that's, that's what we, that's what we do it for. You know, it's not a must. We don't all have to get our limits, but boy, it sure is fun to talk about when, when they do it right. You know, I agree. And it's, and you, and there's a lot of different, I'm trying to think of all the different ways I've hunted out of one, maybe to r- rattle some off. So people listening could think about their scenario. I mean, you've used them on a fence row. You don't have to, but like you can, you know, double your length on a oh, fence yeah. row instead of having to cover your back or, you know, you can really get a, a big blind for a lot of people on a fence like that. Yeah. And it uh, works really well. Um, on the side of small ponds, I mean, you can get up in the grass that usually grows up around that and just disappear. Yeah, tuck into the, into oh, the bank. Yeah. You yeah. know, a lot of times the ponds, they have a cutaway bank or something around the dam. You know, you can tuck into that. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's one of the benefits of this is, is with the lake system, the way it's designed is you can – there's times where – you can actually run it in at an angle and achieve top cover. The top cover from like a pond dam kind yeah, of thing. Right. So, yeah, right. So, yeah, so that's a big benefit, you know, of, of being able to do that. You know, the, the, bad, the downfall to it is when, when uh, you want it straight out and, and the ground's frozen, you're having to hammer that rebar or something down in there, you know. But it's work. You know, it's part of hunting, yeah. you know. You gotta, then you so, got to go hammer your decoy stakes in yeah, too. Yeah, right. So <laughs> so there's there's always the, the pluses and the perk. You know, there's there's yeah. you know, there's a little bit of everything. I think it's funny to, to go out to the middle of a flooded field and just yeah. set up. And we haven't even talked the about middle. the water. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, Literally, you, know, you could just set up in the middle of waist-deep water. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, and it's we got guys down in Texas, you know, that they'll, uh, they'll use, uh, uh, they'll stand. So they're hunting like four-foot water, you know, and they'll, so they'll get longer you know, rebar stakes and stuff like that. And, you know, you can kind of customize just about anything for that leg design. All you have to have is you can you can get conduit and run a little six-inch piece of uh, five-eighths uh, um, dowel rod, you know, and wrap it to the end, you know, and, and stick it up in there, you know, so that you can use longer. There's a lot of, you know, things that you can do with it. So... But, uh, you know, one of the things that, that I want to touch for a lot of the guys, like in Missouri, that we found uh, going back, 
you know, in the days where, where I talked about those guys that hunt those permanent spots, uh, like a fountain grove, you know, the, the, the blinds that are out there and how we talked about with the snow, you know, hit them, made it different. How I used to use decoys and all that stuff to try to hide it. Well, since we haven't been drawing the greatest in our parties, you know, which happens. And, and there's a lot more guys, you know. I mean, Fountain Grove had, there was times last year, I think they had 100,000 birds. You know, that's awesome. You know, I mean, and, and they're turning away parties. That was my day in there. That was unheard of, you know. And I grew up where Swan Lake was really a big deal. It was like the goose capital, you know, the you got the big goose up there and everything. And, and I used to sit there for, for years and watch those geese get up off the refuge. And they would literally come out and they would get about 100 yards in front of that blind. They'd turn to the right and go right around and come right back. I mean, they knew exactly where those things were. And uh, so what we've started doing at Fountain Grove is we haven't shot away from them now. We'll take those blinds and we'll take that pit and we'll throw that flap down. And we will literally cover our blinds with it. And you run these blinds around it. And it doesn't look like a, a square box pit. Even when they're camoed, you can look at them and they still got that shape. You get rid of that. You run one off of the edge, off of each side. Get rid of that. And my gosh. You know, well, I'll use last year as an example. Uh, Patrick, December the 16th, had a reservation. So you got to pick before, you know, the, the waiting line. They were hunting 36 spots. He drew number 30. So I was like, well, let's go to the board. Well, nobody had taken anything in the G-lines, and we took G7, and it it hadn't. It killed two ducks in the last week. And we got there and set up our usual spread, you know, about eight dozen decoys, seven, eight dozen. Uh, had some of our Higdon swimmers, and Higdon, you know, they do such a great job with the, the motion. And we had that out there and threw those slaps down, put that in there, and we had 16 mallards down by one you know so and i mean and and i know at least five of those we kicked up out of the decoys you know so so these are all finishing birds you know and people that have hunted with us you know you if you those places you can learn a lot you'll stand there and they're like why did those guys only knock one out of that you know why'd they wait so long to shoot and, and we've literally taken our blinds off and then put that flap up and had them stand up and act like they were going to shoot throwing that flap and they're like ah oh. There's a little bit of a time gaps, you know, when you're trying to push that flat versus just sticking your gun through it and you're still shooting them backpedaling, mm -hmm. you know. And so that's just a way that you can you can utilize the blinds, you know, to, to put the advantages more in your favor, you know. And it has, it has worked very, very well. I mean, I have no more have the fear of, well, we're hunting. We're just going to take a blind and we'll see what happens. I'm just as confident because even though they're stale birds, they're not going to see the same thing. Yeah. And it's something you brought up that I, you know, layout blinds, flaps on, on that stuff. You're, you're a lot of, a lot of stuff you have to do before you shoot to a lot. Sometimes your first shot's not that good. And there's a time delay on these, on these blinds. You can almost just almost like your turkey hunting. You can just get ready. And then those birds come in, they have no idea. And you could put it right on them and you can make a very, very, you know, ethical harvest shot, you know, and, and not have to yeah, that's jump a... up and and throw a flap or it's and and that all that stuff takes time and then flares birds and you can kind of you know sneak shoot them. Yeah, you know? that's one of the you, it, that there what you just said made me think of a hunt that I'll always remember. We had a, a, a youth, and so you know he's first time out here shooting ducks, and he just wasn't 
quick. You know, I mean, versus the other kids getting up, you know, standing up, and boom, 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 boom. You know, and we literally were like, uh, Caleb, let's do this. When those ducks turn, you know, when they turn the break and they're coming in on that last swing. So I want you to go ahead and stand up and put the gun up. And just like you were putting it on a turkey, you just go ahead and stand up and put that when they do it. Don't do it too soon, you know, because I don't want you standing there getting tired, you know. But when they do that bank and they're coming, I say, okay, you just stand up and go ahead and get your your gun up. And then and we started doing that, and he killed his birds, you know. But he was too many times. His first shot, uh, the other guys, other kids had shot three times already, you know. So he was just not as fast at getting up out of the chair you know, and, and going even standing. So when we made that decision where he could literally just have that gun sticking out of that grass, night and day difference. Yeah. It was great. That's awesome. Yeah. When And I think, too, when you're quicker on the draw and quicker up like that, they, yeah, you're just you're going to get more birds naturally. Yeah. So, and, you know, I think that's one thing, too, that somebody who may not know about these or, or maybe have kicked the idea around, they get one of these, I you know, it's not going to guarantee them more birds, but I think they're going to be pleasantly surprised. Yeah. And then, of course, then they're going to have a lot more friends. It's like that deer jerky syndrome. <laughs> you start killing more ducks, you all of a sudden have a lot more friends. Well, the same thing with deer jerky. You take deer jerky to the office, you might have two friends at work. The next thing you know, you got 22 friends. Yeah. Everybody's coming into your office. Hey, I heard yeah. you, got some, you got some deer jerky in it? Yeah. It's the same type of thing with waterfowl hunting. You start getting into the birds exactly like you said earlier. Next thing you know, your phone's blowing up. Yeah. Yeah, and honestly, that aspect right there is what's helped our growth. I mean, truthfully, we have we do a lot, have sold a lot of product to work because of word of mouth, and it makes you feel good. You know, we get a lot of calls. You know, I've got we've got guys call us and that literally, and it's so funny because uh, you don't know how much you were around this. You know how much you kind of did it in a similar way and stuff, and guys just call us up, and and it makes you realize. One, how old you're getting, <laughs> you know, but we've had a call us up and say, you know, hey, I've been going up to Canada for this many years and it's always the layout blinds and we got there this year and the, and we were sitting in a five gallon bucket out in the middle of a dirt field with these things. He goes, I thought there's no way in the world. He goes, I've never shot birds that close. You know, he goes, I just ordered like eight, you know, and da, 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 da. And just amazed, you know, and you you think to yourself, you know, for years we looked at it the only way, which we dealt with that a lot. When we first came out with this, everybody was like, oh, layout blinds. You know, they were open to it in the water, like a flooded water type situation. But for as far as a field and geese, all layout. That's the only way to go. That was it. Well, now with, with uh, you know, zinc and, and everybody else with with the A-frames, the, the, what they've caught on to, it's, it's helped open people's eyes up to this style of hunting you know and it's 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 a lot more comfortable you know and i've we've literally had guys call us up that said thank you because you know we were done i can't do sit-ups anymore or i've had a surgery you know and so i couldn't hunt out of layout blind anymore so i was selling my stuff you know because that was like the only way that's what a lot of people that's how they grew up that was it you know And, and don't get rid of those you know, I tell everybody, don't get rid of those things because going back to that, that shape and what birds see a lot, you know, the more that this style catches on and the more they see this and the less, I mean, layout blinds will never be what they were when they first came out. I mean, you know, they spoiled you like crazy when they first came out, but they will get, 
they'll they'll have a comeback. You know, the more people hunt this style, they'll have a comeback. You know, and and that's one thing that you know I tell people. I said, and hopefully people will realize uh, with our product is we hunt a layout. We don't stub it. We use our product to hide it. You know, and that's what's great about our blinds because you can take three, four, five, and you can get rid of that. When, you know, if you stand out in front of your, you stack your layout blinds, five, six guys side by side or close to, you know, you got that, those edges, you can get rid of them. And that's what it is. It's about getting rid of those edges. And we've even used the tall rippy grass, you know, and let it rip, you know, lay it over and stuff. And, and I've had guys send pictures in where they've used these and put cattails in them, you know, and laid it along the front and let it droop over, you know, and, and, and they're amazed at it, but it works. Because it's getting rid of that hard, you know, any kind of an outline, you know, breaks it up. So those things, you know, there'll be times when, like I said, that everything kind of cycles, you know what I mean? And and we did this concept. We just kind of improved it and made it more versatile because, you know, we were doing, we were really close. Everybody's drug out cattle panels and set posts and did all that. This is kind of the same, but, but we've made it a lot more user-friendly and, and portable, mm-hmm. you know. While we've still got a few more minutes here, I want to run through some scenarios where I know when somebody buys one of your blinds, it's two four-foot sections. Um, what kind of scenario would people want one blind? When would they want two? Maybe when would they want three? Or when would they want to add some 45s? Kind of what, what's the average guy going to need? How many people can effectively hunt like, you know, one blind, which is two four-foot sections? Right. So, so you know, um, and everybody starts out different. A lot of it's going to be your group. Uh, do you hunt by yourself, just you and another guy, or is there usually three or four of you every time? Uh, and, you know, what you're planning on doing. Uh, you know, if you're going to hunt a lot of field edges, uh, you can, like Chandler said, sometimes you don't need that back. You know, so you can you can get away with using, you know, one in front. So what we tell everybody is, is uh, you can fit three guys, no matter the size, really comfortable, behind behind one okay you can get four no problem i mean we've done it up there at the walk-ins places we'll take a front and a back we'll have two of them two two arm blinds you know and we'll put a front and a back and kind of tilt them so you can do that you know you can just use one in the front and back up to some standing corn you know or something like that you can you can start with one uh you know we recommend at least two because it just the the versatility that it gives you, the capability, you know, of adding to it. Um, and that way, you know, if you got four guys, it, it's without a doubt, you know, you can do a front and back or you can add to some cover that's there. You can take and back up to something, utilize your 45, and so you can have a, a front and a roof, you know, which is, is big. Uh, I would almost take that over a front and back. You know, because those birds, when they're coming over, they're always usually going to, the way you got it set up usually is they're going to finish out front. Even if they're coming from the side, they're seeing that, that, that front, you know, but it's those when they're coming over because that angle of that 45, it's kind of tapering down, you know, so you don't miss out as much on the back, you know. So I would, I would utilize that, uh, which I think you guys have a, a great package with it, you, mm-hmm. you know. Two blinds and a 45, yeah. and, and that's exactly what you need to do, what you just talked about. If yeah. you have a pond dam or if you just have tall grass behind you, right. um, you can run that 45 
it's probably it probably start about mid back behind yeah. you, and yeah. then and then it kind of goes at a forty five degree angle over your head and droops over, and it, and it just gives you all the the cover in the world for anything looking down on top of you. And then you sh- throw something in front, and when these birds come around and circle back, and they're coming in, they're locked up. There's they're, you know they're not going to see you. You yeah. got front top cover. Well, and one thing we want to point out is is I try to tell everybody that the bungee's there. But you don't always have to run it the same way. So you have that 45 sitting there. You can take that same grass and run it in the opposite direction. So you just added to the length of that. So now it can actually go down and drape down covering your back. You know, uh, it's no different than you see weeds. Some of them's falling and some of them are standing, you know. So you can you can add to it. You don't have to stick it all in the same way, especially if you have, you know, there's years that it's dry. Uh, we had that rain, so it kind of helped us here. But the grass doesn't get as tall, you know. So then sometimes you have to stick it from the the top and the bottom, you know, both ways to make kind of extend that that grass. So two's a really good starter pack, especially with the forty five. You know, if you got two or three guys uh, like that, three or four, um, and and we found a lot of guys come every year. They suck, you know. We just buy two every year, and they just keep adding to it, you know. And so now some of those guys are taken in their 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 pond that they have that they hunt all the time they're they have and they just leave it up and leave it there for the season but then they have their sets now that they can go and and hunt other fields and run around hunt the public places and stuff like that so we have a a page on our website uh, faststrikeblinds.com that's called the setup page and on there it, it has a lot of diagrams and stuff of how you know a lot of the ways that we will set up from one blind all the way up to six. So, and, and we're going to keep adding to that, you know, uh, because like I said, the more you get, you know, you can start getting to where if you, uh, you know, four guys will run three or four, and you can start running them off the edges to where you get away from the squareness, you know, nobody's even hunting out of that. You know, it just looks like some weeds there, you know. Uh, guys are using around your boat blinds, you know, where you you tucked in. Now you don't necessarily have to, cut into the the cover you can push up against it and then run that out around the front and your bloat blind is a good cover but it, it takes off the end you know where the motor is and goes out and over the dogs they work great we haven't even covered the dogs you know I, I just posted a video of training drake on our instagram page and he he likes to you can see it when when the shot goes off his head comes through the grass you know and he's sitting there and then he just goes right over and that's the nice thing about the bungee. I just slide it right back, and then he comes around. You know, and, and the dogs like it because it's it's like us, you know. Everybody everybody wants to see the birds work. Everybody does. And and who doesn't? That's why Guilty. we're out there. Yeah, that's why we're out there. Well, when you know, when you're on layout blinds and stuff, everybody's head's popping up, you know, and it's like, oh, my gosh, why would those birds, you know, this or that. The beauty of this is you can literally see through that grass. You can see so much better looking out than they can see in. And we noticed that a lot of the guys aren't moving around as much. They're right there. They see the birds, and they're locked on. The dogs are the same way. They can look right through, and they see that. I have not had. There's no I blind mean, spots, really. I, well, you know, and, and we use we use the Momar stand for, for Drake a, a lot. and uh, But we don't, ha- we don't have the, the, cap, the fabric on because I haven't had. It's hard to get that dog to stay in it. Their head's always out because they want to see. They're just like us. I mean, exactly like us. So it works so well, and we'll run that right across the front. And with that bungee, he can just plow through it and come right back. 
you know, and if it starts wearing down, you just slide it. You know, you can move it. So it just it's 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 all around. You know, a lot, there's so many different things. Like I said, we could go on for a long time. You know, and there's things people are doing with them that we aren't that we don't know about yet. You know, and that that's just it. You know, you you get stuff, and we're trying to get something that that you may not hunt like we do, but yet this could still work for you. You know, everything's different. The more you go to different places, different states, and hunt, the more you realize the difference in in how they hunt. You know, and what's available. You know, so it, it plays a big part in it. You know, and that's that versatility aspect of it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know of a of a waterfowl scenario you can't use them. Um, I haven't deer turkey. You know, and if I if I had to quit on on one thing um it's that getting out of the box and everybody says they want to do it but they don't realize how much they still stay in their box you know and and the fact that you can really really expand look at things uh you know i'll use this one little story real quick to show you that everybody you know they think i you know we've told people get out in the middle you don't have to be around cover you know, you sheet water, if those ducks are there, you know, plain water. I don't care if there's not one weed of grass sticking in it. Go out and hunt it. You know, and I got this phone call. It's like 7.30, 7.35. And, and this guy goes, he goes, this is Dave, a friend of mine, you know. And, you know, he was one of them at first that would come up to you, you know, your friends, you know, that you hunt with. They're like, hey, this, when they finally buy them, you know, they're like, this thing really works. I said, well, you know, I, you've hunted with me. You, I would like to think that you would have thought that if I'm using it, there's a reason I'm using it, you know. <clears throat> but, you know, as we do in the industry, there's things that are made for the work and things that are, you know, you got to try to come up with something all the time, you know. So, but so he calls me up. He goes, you got a second? I said, sure. He goes, he goes, I'm up here. And I drew out and he goes, I was going all the way back to the flooded corn. And he goes, but the far, I kept walking. These birds just piling out, piling out of this open sheet water. I said, yeah. He goes, so I said, okay, I'm going to give it an hour tops. He said, so I take half, I took half my decoys and I just took two, two, two of the panels, you know, he had them broke up. So it was, it was technically one blind, but he had the bolt out so he could have a little front and back just because it was him, which is one of the advantages, you know, you can, you can do that. He was just hiding himself. So he says, he goes, I got out there and I got set up real quick. And he goes, man, I no more sit down. It was shooting time. I was running late. And he says, he goes, it's 15 minutes. He goes, I'm done. He goes, I went back to the levee to get the sled. And he says, I'm standing here talking to you, and the birds are landing right beside it. And I said, well, that's awesome, Dave. I said, and you know what? You didn't even really give it a fair shot. He goes, what do you mean? I said, you just said, he goes, you're going to give it an hour. You took half of the decoys that you would have set up if you got back there where you wanted to go and half the blind, and you're done. Well, I never thought about it that way. You know, so here, you know, you don't realize that kind of helps you realize how much, and you weren't really even given a true shake. And I say that because, you know, you cannot be afraid to fail to get better. That you, you have to. Sometimes you just have to try something. And you can't. So many guys say, okay, we're going to try this. The first group comes in, bugs out. Let's change it. We're going right back to the same way. I want to ride back to the same way, which technically, you know, I try to tell people too, especially if you're hunting a field that the birds have been in that first group or two, 
you know, if you're hunting a spread and there's, you know, a thousand birds in it and you set up 10 dozen decoys, that first group, usually they're the first group there. So when they show up and there's already 10 dozen birds there, they're like, wait a second, something's not right. So usually they don't really finish real good anyways, you know. But so many times we will start to try something different. But then if a few things just go wrong, yeah, we, throw it, yeah, we throw it out the door. That's so, exactly right. you know, you can't, you know, the definition of insanity, you know, doing the same things over and over, trying, expecting different results, you know, we don't realize how much we fall in that. I don't, you know, I, this thing showed me a lot, you know, and I thought, I thought out of the box. Yeah. So, yeah, that would, that would be basically your kind of your closing thoughts is get outside of your box, get outside of your comfort zone or, yeah. you know, open up your mind a little bit and try something new and don't be afraid to fail yeah look at look at it and you know another good example was we realized the you know we've done the show how many times you know what four or five years easy you know the The waterfowl weekend and and it's grown crazy we set it up so many different ways and finally we were like okay let's do this so we set it up a square box we put a front a back and a roof and made it look like a duck blind. And you could literally see people, I know what that is. I mean, all the way down, that's a duck blind. Where when we would do it differently, people would walk up and say, well, so what is this? But the minute you made it look like a duck blind, like every one other, you know, and, and you think about it, but that's how it is, mm-hmm. you know? So, you know, that's, like I said, think, think about when you can drive down the road and you can see, you don't want to look like that. You know, try to be different. Try to try to think how you can be different, you know, and, and this is a simple way. Uh, you know, everything takes a little work. Like Chandler said, you got to have natural cover. You can't just plop it up, you know. And, and you know, we, in the beginning, you know, a lot of people are like, eh, you know, nobody, bungee's not going to last. That bungee's been great. I mean, it's far exceeded what everybody thought, you know. And, and the one thing, you know, you don't have, like we talked about, that shelf appeal. You know, because it's just, but this is one thing that you can take that looks like a blah, and I can set it up. I could go right now out your back door and take a picture of that grass over there or this bushes or something, and you couldn't tell me that a fast track wasn't in there. That was one thing that we had to do with our pictures was we realized we had to do it before and after because we could take a picture of our blind, and people were like, what? I don't see it. Yeah. Because they're expecting a yeah, fabric yeah, panel, exactly. You know, something, and and there's there's not a hard edge, you know, and so just think about it. You know, when you're setting it up, it's no different. You know, when I used to pick out a a tree, you know, I was the, the guy that that went out there and I did a circle, and I looked up, you know, whether I was going to be 15 foot up, 20 foot up. You know, I looked, I looked up, and I wanted to see what was beyond me. Was it a tree out in the open? You know, or was there, that's why I like groups of trees, like two or three in a group, you know, because you wanted to have trees behind you for, you know, people say deer don't look up, deer look up. Oh, yeah. I'm just telling you, you know, they they do. So, but, you know, and it's all about that outline, you know. So if you can see it 100 yards, 200 yards, half a mile away, the odds are they can too. Absolutely. Chandler, what are your final thoughts here? My final thoughts are um, 
quick concealment first because I think it's very important when you're when you're when you're getting the game plan going when you're there at the spot put it first and also a little uh, what I have to tell customers at the store um, sometimes on these blinds is don't think you have to put fill it with grass every time you go hunting Scott right. he's got grass on for three years um, I grass the blinds every year at the beginning of the year use zip ties or whatever to keep that to hold a little bit better. And then I do not touch it for the rest of the year. So it is done for. So don't think you have to do a bunch of work every time you take it out, but definitely put your, your concealment first. And if you use something like this, you don't have, you're not limited to certain types of areas or certain, certain places now, but put concealment first and you'll watch these birds finish a lot closer. I mean, I, I guarantee it. Mm-hmm. I I think my final thoughts are, is the portability aspect of these, whether you take the pin out of the middle or you've got two four-foot sections tinged in the middle, you can throw them in the back of a truck, you can throw them in the back of an SUV, they're gonna, they can get thrown in a jet sled. I mean, you can fit them anywhere. They're lightweight. They're not going to weigh a ton. It looks, it looks so minimalist, but once you get them set up and you get hidden and the birds come in, you're going to think, what the hell? Well, this is just crazy, man. And yeah. you're going to laugh. You're right. going to laugh because it's going to blow your mind that something so simple and such little, I wouldn't say little effort because you want to make it look good, but just what what you see, you, the results far yeah. exceed what you think you're going to get. Yeah, a little goes a long way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I think that's my final thought. Just yeah. if you're if you're hunting public ground or you're moving or um, you're a guy that's always on the, I mean, just look at these. It's it, it's going to blow your mind. You're going to think that oh man, then maybe that won't work, but it will. Yeah. <laughs> it will. 100%. A, a light bulb will go off. On a yeah, lot of people and at, like, at I some point, yeah, here. a light bulb is going to go off. Yeah, and that's what that's what you get a lot. You know, as people got it, and, and they may have actually bought it for a different purpose, and then they're like. I don't know how many people come up and say, man, I use these things so many more ways than I thought I would have. You know, I bought it for this purpose, for this one thing. But then I'm using it for this, and I'm using it for this. And I mean, you know, doves, pigeons, ducks, geese, yes. deer, turkey, coyotes, predators. Yep. I mean, literally. Yep. We're, we're, yeah, we haven't even touched to... the surface yet on oh, predators. No, and, and, yeah. and the deer hunters are starting to catch on to it. Yeah, they and are. when they catch on to it. I'm just telling you right now, I, I can say this. We hunted a place for 15 years, okay, and it was a good check, chunk of ground. And uh, we hunted out of stands a lot. And we didn't hunt that for 15 years, knowing that we were going to, you know, come up with this product and, and come out with it. And Josh has, <laughs> I hate to say, throw him under the bus, but he has missed the three biggest deer that he has ever seen. And we got on video and I told him, I said, dude, I got to release these, you know, I just, because these are deer well over one fifties, all within anywhere from six steps to 18, you know, and, and, uh, it's a lot different when you draw back on a true, you know, people will say, how do you know, how do you, when, when you see a mature whitetail big, at ground level, th- there, there, there's no doubt, you, you know, that he's a shooter or not, you know, but it was amazing, and we're like, how these deer have been here? You know, I mean, it's it's not a it's not a new thing, but it's also helped us. There was areas that if you you put in, got in a stand, they just load the field, and so you blow them all out when you come down, because eventually you got to come down. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and and one of the hunts, we, we utilized where he missed one, and then we had five shooters in the field. But we were on the ground. We crawled out the back, dumped down in the creek, and they were all still there. You know, when we got out of the creek 200 yards down, you know, from the moonlight, you could still see they were still out there. I mean, we didn't blow nothing out or anything, you know. So, uh, yeah, it's just... Yeah, we just scratched the surface today. Yeah, just scratching, just scratching. And that's what people are doing, and that's what we love to hear. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we get the stories and, and all that stuff. And, and it, like I said, it's a good tool. You know, use it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't think I really yeah. have any more to add. I could add a lot more, but <laughs> you know, we'd yeah. be here two more hours. and Yeah, for sure. And so, uh, excited for early goose. You excited, Scott? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm ready. Uh I'm ready to start getting after, after something. You know, till season was one of those darn blue jets. If you if you could if you had the time, but it's so busy coming up to everything. You know, for us to be able because you got to hit it right because they don't stick around very long. They come through and go. And I know you guys were out, Jason, out walking in the mm-hmm. mountains. You know, yeah, during teal, yeah, both yeah, during during majority teal of the teal season, we yeah. were out in Colorado. So we got to shoot a few doves and stuff. But man, we're ready. We're ready for the big old honkers to that's right to start getting so and, and then before you know it you know big the, duck will be oh here. yeah i can't wait that's right all right well i think that's it that's a wrap